This is in oh. the air to right field. Back it goes. Nando has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. Myers drives one out towards deep left center field. Back goes Heinemann at the wall. It's gone. Another grand slam for the Padres. The shot out of deep left field. It is high, deep, and it is a grand slam. Towards the corner, it's back, it's gone! Welcome to Slam Diego! What's good, Padres Nation? Our San Diego Padres having the best record in Major League Baseball went on the road for the first time in a while after three straight home game series against really down-rating teams. Uh, the Padres went on the road to face off the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, how can we forget about the Brew Crew? After getting swept by them in our own home ballpark earlier in this season, it was not fun. It was very frustrating. And this series, to say the least, was pretty frustrating too. Now, the Padres split this four-game set 2-2 two to two, with Milwaukee winning games 1 and 4. Uh, however, you know what? In the end of the day, they did play tough all the way through. Uh, but it was a little frustrating. You're not going to win every single one, but there were some things that just did not look good. For instance, the bullpen was really being used a lot. And uh, that scares me going into this as a lot of games are going to be played over and over again. And it's just going to be how much can the bullpen take it? The starting pitching has to really start to excel as they have been. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to be perfect, but Blake Snell has been one of the bigger issues when it comes to going and eating a lot of innings uh, rather than going four at least at most. So the Padres split this series two to two, and it was a tough one in game one, but they did lose uh, going into Brandon Woodruff on the mound. Him and Corbin Burns, who started game two, are having really good seasons. You, you can't go wrong with that. Um, I think that's the only reason why the Brewers are relevant right now. I'm sorry to say it. I know they had a nice walk-off and extras due to the stupid runner on second rule and extras, but you know what? The Brewers' offense is almost dead to last when it comes to just driving and runs, average, anything like that, but the pitching has really been excellent in keeping them in ball games. I will give them that. As for the Padres, Blake Snell started this game against Woodruff, and it did not go his way. As for Blake Snell, he took the loss. He is 1-1 one one this season. And he went only three and two thirds, allowing five hits, five earned runs, three walks, and seven strikeouts, which wasn't that bad. But three and two thirds on 81 pitches and 45 of those are strikes is not the way you want to go at all. The pen really had to do a lot, a lot of work. Pierce Johnson only went a third to finish off that uh, inning that Snell couldn't finish off. And then Miguel Diaz went three innings and Adams went one. So a lot of strain on Miguel Diaz's part. And you just don't want that, especially in a loss like that. So how did this all get rolling? Manny Pena, the backup catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, homered for his fourth of the year and brought in Willie Adames, who absolutely destroyed the Padres in this series. So, of course, when he gets traded, that's when he decides to start hitting the baseball. Uh, and that got things going in the bottom of the second for the Brew Crew. Garcia really is a tremendous player. If you saw Garcia homer for his eighth of the year, I think he's so underrated. I'm going to be honest. Uh, off Blake Snell, it was an absolute 
moonshot really went far in the center field, made it three, nothing Colton Wong brought in a couple, made it five, nothing with his single, his two RBI single. However, Late in the game is where the Padres made it interesting. Now, Tommy Pham, who has been struggling besides getting walks, homered for his second of the year to bring in Jerickson Profar. All right, there you go. It's 5-2, to two, top of the ninth. Maybe it's a little too late. However, Hosmer doubled for his seventh of the season and brought in Jake Cronenworth off Josh Hader for Eric Hosmer. That is a rare sighting to see, especially off a lefty. He's been hitting lefties much better this year, I think. And we've been seeing that we're a little bit more confident in Hosmer. And he's been keeping that, like that stride going where he's kind of just keeping that 299, maybe even 300 mark uh, in his arsenal. So that's one thing I'm glad that we're seeing. Uh, I was on the, hoping that we weren't going to be seeing the Hosmer that we're used to seeing sometimes and him going on those really big, uh, just, you know, tears and just not having it. So Hosmer, I really give him a lot of credit for what he's doing. He's been pretty clutch. Uh, he had a two-run bomb, too, in this series, uh, and they still lost the game because of the extra innings. But I will have to admit that Haas is starting to get really out there. Every year he's just getting better. And now I'll actually tell you the splits. This season versus right-handed pitching, he's obviously had a lot more for the left-hander. Uh, He's been doing really well. 12 walks and 19 strikeouts. It's a good split. He's been batting 266 with a 331 on base. His OPS, though, is only 694. But as for lefties, which he's been struggling with ever since coming to San Diego, he's surprisingly in 40 at-bats. He's got 15 hits, 12 RBIs, an OPS of 1,034, and a batting average of 375. So that's very impressive for Haas. Um, it's something that we really have not seen, and now we're just getting used to. So much credit for him doing that on the best closer in this game, hopefully a future Padre and Josh Hader. So <laughs> um, otherwise than that, the Padres really did struggle in this game. Runners in scoring position, one for seven. So that was not good at all. And five men were left on base, just really weren't having it. Only five hits for the Padres and only allowed two walks uh, to get on base. Otherwise than that, the Padres struck out 10 times. You don't want to be seeing that. So you move on from that one and say, all right, how can we get the offense going and rolling? So the Padres win game two, seven to one. And it was a pretty interesting way to start this off. Now, Corbin Burns, despite being two and three before this game, was having a tremendous season. They lit him up a little bit, really worked his pitch count. They looked like the Padres we've been seeing a lot more often. Uh, and the Padres started this game off with a stolen, a double steal as Hassan Kim stole second base for his fourth steal of the year. While Victor Caratini decided to take advantage of that and the catcher decides to steal home from third. So after that, Kim advanced the third on a error by Omar Navarez. It was a fielding error. So him behind the plate, the Padres were really running and gunning, still a lot of bags. Um, and that's the Padres we really like to see. They they have the most stolen bases right now uh, by far up on the Kansas City Royals, and that's just great. Now, for the Padres, in three games in this series, they have had five-plus stolen bases. That's the first time they've done that since 2011. That's very impressive. And you know what? You could say that the stolen bases and the small ball has saved this Padres team, and which it has. You know, it's not always about the home run, and which I like. 
Uh, we see we saw that last year, but for this year, it's walks, stolen bases, small RBIs. It's really getting the thing done. So uh, credit to the Padres for taking advantage of their running uh, and their wheels. So at the top of the third, the Padres weren't done there. Jerickson Profar, who's been a very good player still, uh, which I'm very happy for him. He's singled. He got an RBI single to bring in Hassan Kim from third off Corbin Burns. And then at the top of the sixth, Tatis Jr. does not hurt his batting average in any which way as he has a sack fly that brought in Tommy Pham. So the Padres really getting it done, but also do more damage in that inning, just like they did in the third. As in the top of the sixth, Hosmer singled to bring in Jerickson Profar. Made it four to nothing. So, Really getting it lights out. Tommy Pham grounds out, brings in a run. Uh, Colton Wong made a really nice play on that to first, but the pitcher and Eric Yardley missed the ball. He could have had it, would have thrown home, um, but at the end of the day, still makes it 5 nothing on a ground out. Profar, player of the game for sure on this one. He doubles for his fifth of the year uh, into really nice territory in right field. That brought in Brian O'Grady to make it 6-zip. Travis Shaw breaks things open and ends the uh, big egg of a zero total score for the Brewers. And he homers for his six off Craig Stammen. And then at the end of the day, a wild pitch by Josh Lindblom brought in Fernando Tatis Jr. So the Padres really stepped up big time in this one. They, uh, f- they had four walks, but a lot of stolen bags in this, which was great. Uh, that's something you're going to be needing. And I have to say, I'm very impressed with what the first play was. So, you know what? Kim, Caratini, and Pham really just looking great out there on the base pass. Uh, Tatis did have an error, and he had a couple more in this series, which sucks. But I honestly think this one, Hosmer could have had it. But, of course, no matter what, that's going to go on the throw. So Tatis issued the error in that one. Musgrove was on the mound for this game, and he did great. Now, he... <laughs> He walked Corbin Burns on four pitches, which took him out and one, you know, runner allowed. So, you know what? Four and two thirds isn't bad, but if that walk, if that didn't happen to Corbin Burns, he would have went five innings. He would have had the win, but that's not everything about this game. He went four and two thirds, only allowed one hit, one walk and struck out six. He's really having it. Tim Hill gets the win. Our beloved left-handed pitcher, Three and two of the season, one and a third innings, he struck out two. Craig Stammen, two innings, struck out four and allowed one earned run off that home run. Pagan went an inning as well to kind of close it out. And the Padres pitching only walked one batter and struck out 13. Really good stuff right there. Game two was a great one. As for game three, too, another really good pitching duel. We've seen these a couple of times this season and the Padres get things started off. Tommy fan walks. It's like, all right, we're going to get something going here. However, in the top of the first Tatis has the sack fly brings in Tommy fam off the former Padre, Eric Lauer, Eric Lauer, I guess took that a little too personally. And he homers for his first in major league career on Chris Paddock. And now Chris Paddock has been having a great season. So we're not going to get him on that. Lauer swung the twig with a lot of emphasis and everything like that. So that was really shocking. But you know what? Some weird things happen in baseball for a reason. So Eric Lauer might not want the universal DH to happen. And he homers. It was actually a really nice shot, too. Um, And ties the game at 1-1 in the bottom of the third. It was like slow motion to me right there. Uh, When I was flying, I was like, oh, no, oh, no. Don't tell me. And it was gone. So really unfortunate right there. But hey. 
The game at 1-1, the Padres do win at the end of the day. This game goes into extra innings, and at the top of the 10th, Victor Caratini singles on a pitch way outside from Brent Suter, but he brought in Will Myers, who started at second base due to the rule, and that was great because the Padres held on. The home team, yeah, has a lot of pressure because of the away team batting first with the runner in the scoring position, but still, it's really hard to do that. Melanson earns his 17th save of the year, allows a hit, but we are not Cronin-worthy. Jake Cronenworth definitely one of the players of the game in this one as he makes a couple of nice catches, uh, game-saving plays. He right now leads the Padres, or is tied even with the Padres, uh, along with another player, I believe Hassan Kim, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with four defensive runs saved. He made some tremendous plays at second base. The man can really do so much. He's that hard kind of gritty player. He made a really nice jumping, leaping catch to save a ball and save Paddock from an earned run end of the inning. And then in the top of the 10th, you had the uh, Padre killer, Willie Adamas, get a single. You had runners on the corners with Hira at third, Adamas at first. A ground ball went to a sharp, hard ground ball, went to second base to Cronenworth. He throws home automatically, and Hero was dead to rights by five miles. Uh, it was a great play. I thought it was tying the game, and Cronenworth had a heads-up play. I honestly wasn't thinking of it. I just went, oh, tied game. And that brought one out with runners in the corners, no out to one out. It was great. Melanson does his dirty work and gets 17 saves. He's still has yet to earn a blown save. Let's cross our fingers on that one. We can't be perfect, but hey, Melanson, for the deal he has on $3 million and the Padres' history on closers, it's great to see him striving at a San Diego uniform. They're really nice San Diego uniforms. So Paddock does not earn himself the win because of the home run to Lauer made it 1-1 for a very long time, but he went six innings, two hits allowed, only one earned run, and struck out two. So not a lot of strikeouts, but his ERA has been cut to 3.61. His past three starts have been tremendous. He's starting to find that groove, man. His fastball has been a lot, really lights out. Uh, and his all-speed pitches have been breaking very sharply. So keep an eye out. I'm getting more confident in Paddock. It's a long season, and I'm really happy for the kid right now. I've always had confidence since he was on the minors. I watch highlights of the guy, and he's always got that Texas vibe. He's, you know, pumped up. Like Trent Grisham, too, you know, uh, except for pitching-wise uh, in Paddock. He's just really got that confidence and that energy. I love what the guy's got. Tim Hill does really well, goes an inning. Pierce Johnson, Adams, and Melanson also go an inning. Now, Austin Adams does get the win. He's been lights out as of late, too. But Melanson is definitely going to be the key one here besides Jake Cronenworth, who was just all around unbelievable. I mean, we don't deserve this kid at this point. Uh, the kid is just insane. He leads the team in hits. He strikes up Mookie Betts. I mean, come on. What can this kid not do? He plays a better first base than Eric Hosmer. He plays great at second. He, you can put him anywhere, and he will do his work and his magic. So that was great. Now, the last game, game four of this series, went to extras as well. But the Padres did lose. But they made it interesting. I'm going to admit that. You know, it's been great. Yeah, Tatis had two errors on literally the same play, which sucked, but the Padres were able to sustain that and make it a ball game at least. So now, before I get into how this happened, the one thing that frustrates me is that, listen, I know Ryan Weathers is a young kid, 
But why is Jason Tangler having him go four innings, especially when you know you have several series coming up without a break? So that means if he goes four innings, you're using your bullpen a lot more, just like the other three games. Uh, Blake Snell really hurt you on that. Musgrove did not too much. Paddock really didn't either. But, you know, this just this just isn't it. Weathers is a confident youngster who likes to attack that strike zone. Why take him out? I really don't understand that. I was getting frustrated. 78 pitches, yeah. But, hey, you can't have him go another inning, right? Even two more batters. Let's say you don't complete that inning. Everything makes a difference. So Ryan Weathers did really well. One hit, two walks, and five Ks. His ERA is only 1.31. He's been fantastic. It's just frustrating, and it scares me with his Astros team and their plate discipline. We can make all the jokes we want, but I think we're all happy the Astros beat the Dodgers a little bit. Listen, you got to be able to take this up. We got to see what Lamette does and so on and so forth. But this Astros team is not going to be easy. They are a talented team. So getting into this one right before, and then I'll get into the Astros series, what we expect as the last segment on this episode. Weathers the great Prismont really did struggle in this one. His stuff just didn't have it. Gave up uh, two runs, but one was earned and it just wasn't it. Stammen had a blown save to his resume. It just... It was unfortunate as Willie Adamas, like I said, decides to hit. And of course, with that fearsome 217 batting average, wants to, you know, flex the bat and everything in a way. But hey, batters can do it, whatever. Uh, I don't mind because Tatis does it all the time. Um, so this game was interesting. Adames got things opened up in the bottom of the fifth. This, for being a pretty high scoring game, six to five, you could say. This thing didn't break up till late. So, yeah, it could be 0-0 at first, but you never know in baseball. Now, Adama is singled, and he brought in Daniel Robertson, made it one nothing in the bottom of the fifth off Nabil Krismat. Uh, just was a little unfortunate of a play. And then Avisal Garcia, he also singled, got an RBI for his uh, stat sheet and brought in Lorenzo King. 2 nothing. I thought it was kind of over. I was working. I was uh, trying to pay attention as much as I could. And Tatis Jr. doubles for his eighth of the year in the top of the sixth to bring in Tommy Pham off Trevor Richards and then Hosmer, fifth bomb of the year for him. Really was a hit, you know, really was hard hit too. Um, I'm wondering the exit velo on that. He brought in Tatis and made it 3-2 San Diego. Adames, like I said, six home run, had a real pimp shot to it off Craig Stammen. Three-run bomb, made it 5-3 to three Milwaukee. That's when I thought they sealed the deal. But the Padres climbed back. Who else than Tatis Jr.? Single to bring in Profar, cut the lead to one. And that was off Devin Williams, too. So that's the airbender. Uh, wasn't really having it too much on that. And then in the top of the eighth, Manny Machado pinch hitting again. I like this. I'm hoping he comes back strong from that shoulder tightness right now. He doubles for his sixth of the year. Nice opposite field double and ties the game at 5-5 off Devin Williams. However, in the bottom of the 10th, Jackie Bradley Jr. hits a really hard shot with two outs, and he singles as Will Myers couldn't get to it. Omar Nevarez at third, third base just had to wait and see if that ball was landing, and it did. He scores the Brewers win off Miguel Diaz as he earns the loss in this one. Um, and I'm really happy when Miguel Diaz is brought. I'm going to be uh, real. Everyone makes mistakes. It's unfortunate. We could have won the series three games to, out of four, but we did not. 
and you just got to move on. The Astros are going to be a tough competitor in this one, but you got to just keep your head up. We've still a really talented team and you got to keep just going. So the Brewers, you know, they really handled the Padres well this season so far. And Miguel Diaz just blew that one, but he still has a 0.61 ERA. Uh, like I said, Craig Stammen really did struggle and uh, it was just unfortunate how that happened uh, in this one. And Devin Williams, Blown save number three for him. His ERA spiked up to 4.42, but the Brewers do get the win at the end of the day. And yeah, Tatis Machado came up clutch. Of course, Hosmer did too, but it just was not enough for San Diego uh, to be able to get that win in extras like they did in the previous game. So, hey, you know what? You split it 2-2. The Giants are losing to the Dodgers as of right now. It seems like their season is starting to fall apart just a little bit. They are not playing well against L.A. this season. And the Padres lead a half game over in that division. Right now, they do have the best record still. It's pretty impressive to say that. 32-19, and 8-2 and two their past 10. And they will be facing the Houston Asterisks. I'm kidding, the Astros. 27-22. and 22. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Their winning streak is just one straight win. And they're game and a half behind the Oakland A's from that AL West division. Now, the Astros are going to be a competitive team. Yuli Gurriel getting on base a lot, right? We can hate this team as much as we want, but hey, you got to move on. It's baseball. Just play ball. Alex Bregman really is a good player. Great discipline. Jose Altuve, Buzz Lightyear, right? Hitting home runs lately. He's getting on fire. So you got to be able to have your pitching do its job and the offense has to be able to really help the pitching not have so much pressure in keeping those leads. We got to be able to do something here. And with the Astros at 27 and 22, it should be a good one. The first game is tonight. If you're listening to this, it's Friday. It will be Denelson Lamette making his first start in a while. He is one and zero with a 1.64 ERA. And then you got Framber Valdez, who's yet to make his start. So the left-hander is going to be going against the Padres tonight. Now, Lamette has made a couple of relief appearances. Um, you know, not many. It's his first time in a while since he's, been, this, he's ever done that. And uh, Lamette's been really good. Uh, I'm very impressed with what he's got. We got to pray that he can do really well. But my only fear for this one is, is he going to be on a pitch count? I think so. So that means the bullpen is going to get used a lot. And then going into game two, that puts a lot of pressure on you, Darvish. He can eat up a lot of innings. We've seen him eat up seven with ease. But, you know, you don't want to see that early on in the season, 50 games in, right? So Darvish will be in for game two, sitting at five and one with a 1.75 ERA. Darvish has been excellent. We all know about the history, however, with the Dodgers and the Astros, with Darvish being a former L.A. Dodger um, and how that all went down in L.A. too. So we have to see how this works out. Darvish has been great. Definitely a Cy Young candidate without question. Um, and 61 and two-thirds, he struck out 74. He has a whip of 0.89. And he's going to be facing the really struggling Jake Odorizzi, the former twin. Odorizzi really struggling in three games. He is 0-2 with a 10.13 ERA and eight innings pitch. He's really just not doing it uh, at all for this team. But, hey, seasons do change. They're long for a reason, right? Uh, yeah, in eight innings, though, he's allowed 10 hits, nine earned runs, and three home runs. So, yeah, he's really not doing it right now. Uh, Odorizzi, you got to take advantage of for sure. As for game three, 
they will be facing Zach Granke, who's 4-2 and two at a 3.97 ERA. For the Padres, that's to be determined, and I will let you know and keep you posted on who will be on the pitching mound for San Diego, and I'll also have live updates on how these games are going. And also, if you're curious about that and wondering where you can find me, if you're not following me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter for the Padres podcast for new and old episodes to listen to, as well as live updates and tracking scores of how the Padres are doing. My Twitter will be at Grand Padres, so you can see everything there. And for my main account, if you want to hear about Padres love and Dodgers slander, follow my main account at DeRosaD57. So that's good stuff. I'd really appreciate it right there if you would uh, do so in a way, because I really have a good fun time watching these games for you guys. So the Padres will be playing three games in Houston, and then they will end up their road trip against the Chicago Cubbies uh, going on from Monday all the way through Wednesday before heading back home against the New York Mets. It should be a lot of fun. It's going to definitely be competitive, but you got to move on and play this game, these games. So you know what? For the Padres, it should be a lot of interesting stuff going on here, but we really hope for either a three-game sweep or get two out of three here because the Dodgers, let's face it, they're probably going to take on the Giants really well and sweep them. And with the way we're winning, the Dodgers are right up us. And, uh, you know, you got to keep it going. We can't just end it there. And it's a long season, yes, but you don't want to fall behind at all and make it work harder for yourselves to move on up. So that's all I have for you guys on this episode. And look out for another episode after we hopefully defeat the Houston Astros uh, going into Sunday. Uh, So really weird times, 11-10 Pacific time. Uh, That's kind of odd for this one. A lot of earlier games besides game one. So after Sunday's conclusion, expect a new episode as the Padres will face the Cubbies uh, at a really early game two, 220 Eastern time uh, on that one. So it should be fun. So yeah, that's all I have for you guys. Let's hope for the best against the Houston Astros and really put something into it to make the Dodgers have more pressure on being second in the NOS. So I'll see you guys after the Astros series. Peace.